Welcome in to another episode of our podcast. I'm Will Island, joined as always by my good pal Kyle Diesel. Kyle, happy Friday. What is up? Happy Friday to you as well. Uh, just up in Burlington for the evening, couple, catching up with a few alumni from CSC. Love to um, see no, nothing too fun here. We got some nice warm weather coming ahead here in Vermont. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like in Maine, but hopefully it's starting to get a little bit warmer for you. I mean, it was 50 degrees outside, and I work at a campus too, and everyone was wearing shorts. Um, I was the one bozo that didn't know it was going to be 50 degrees, and I mean, I have to dress nicer than them anyway, but I was wearing khakis in my winter parka, but you know, when it's this time of year and it's 50 degrees uh, and it's mid-February, everyone feels like it might as well be July. Now, the one caveat, you probably know this, my listeners, our listeners know this. I was in the Caribbean last week, so it's certainly colder here than there, but it's February and it's not 30 below like it was a week ago. So I, I guess we'll all take that. And Kyle, as you know, you and I have spent much of our previous Februarys together talking about the Super Bowl. This won't be any different. Obviously, that's coming up on Sunday. This will be released on Saturday, so you'll have one day to listen to the preview. I know yeah, everyone will be hyped up to hear what we have to say. Maybe, probably not. But anyway, <laughs> we have it. We have it. And... To me, my initial thought, I'm interested to hear yours. My initial thought is this Super Bowl isn't as, isn't as exciting as I think it would have been if you had uh, Joe Burrow going back for back-to-back year trying to win, or if you had a quarterback matchup that was maybe more historic. I don't really don't really know. Like in the past, we've seen like, you know, Brady Mahomes or, um, you know, Manning and Breeze. But like this doesn't really have that juice, in my opinion. Um, not to say it's boring. It just doesn't really have the same sort of like draw and excitement as I would have hoped. Do you feel the same or, or am I way off? No, I think I feel the same. I mean, yet again, we aren't like Eagles or Chiefs fans, so we don't feel as excited. But also, we have to think about like the history of it. Like, Patrick Mahomes is going for what his second Super Bowl, yeah, title seasons, yeah, and then Hurts is going for his first. And this is Hurts' year to prove if he's the number one quarterback or not. But he's already surrounded by so much talent and. Mahomes defining himself is he basically the next legacy behind Tom Brady. Not saying he is Tom Brady, but the next yeah quarterback for the next ten years. Right from a from a football and quarterback legacy pers- uh, perspective within the game of football. Yeah, it, it does feel like it's a little bit of a prove it moment for. Jalen Hurts, which sounds stupid because that team has been good all year long. He's proved it all year long, and he's proved he can win in college. He was 26-2 and as a starter at Bama, then went over to Oklahoma, became a Heisman candidate. He lost his job, and 
college at, at Bama and everyone knows that story, but it feels weird to still say that he needs to prove it. He's been proving it for seven years now, right? Um, in in this just, game, just just to go off, that's kind of like with um, with LeBron, for example, comparing Michael Jordan. You could say it's Patrick Holmes versus Tom Brady. It's a difference in titles. Like you can have all the season stats, but at the end of the day, what do we decide that makes you a number one? I mean, you know, both made it to the Hall of Fame, but it's like who's ahead of who? Jordan has more rings versus right. LeBron. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have as many rings or even appearances right now as Tom Brady. And that's kind of the discussion. Will he be making it 10 Super Bowls in his career? Right. It, it's and what will those results be? Yeah, it's certainly like a a question for the record this will go down in the record books for Mahomes whether he likes it or not this is now as you've pointed out how he's going to start to be uh begin getting talked about right for much of the early part of Brady's career it was like yeah he's won all these Super Bowls but it was his defense and it was you know it's actually Manning and Favre are better um mm-hmm. and then like you know towards the end of his career Brady was winning all these Super Bowls but it was like okay we're starting to look for the next guy. And for Mahomes, what sucks for him is he's already lost one head to head against Tom Brady. If you start thinking about how we measure the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But what I, what I'll point out about Mahomes and his legacy is he's practically already had a hall of fame career. He could retire tomorrow and decide to just go, you know, be CEO of the Royals or whatever. And, uh, and he'd have a Hall of Fame NFL career. The same way that Joe Flacco, like him or hate him, he has a case for a Hall of Fame career. And he only won one title and didn't have the stats that Mahomes had. Same thing with Philip Rivers has a case for a Hall of Fame career. He never won a Super Bowl. I think that Mahomes is already like, he's already a lock to go to Canton because of his the first five years of his career have been so prolific. Um, so this Super Bowl would almost be like what Manning was chasing in 2015 with Denver, which is you need your second ring to separate you from the pack. Because look, like in our lifetime, Breeze, Rogers, uh, they won a ring. Big Ben got two. But you don't talk about those those guys the same way you talk about Manning and Brady and even going back to our, our father's lifetimes, you know, guys like Montana and Aikman and Bradshaw you you, if you've got multiple rings you get talked about in a different way so for for Mahomes this is sort of an opportunity for him to really elevate himself not just to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in our lifetime already as adults but also the greatest potential quarterback ever if he ever gets that far now we're certainly a decade at least away before we start having the Brady Mahomes conversation who knows if we'll ever have that or not in careers in the NFL can change in an instant. But do you see this game as being about the quarterbacks? To me, I don't. And I'll explain that in a second. I think yes and no. All right. That's a good start. (laughs) I mean, yes, being between the quarterbacks, because like I said, it's between Jalen Hurts, basically a second year, proving himself if he is a top tier quarterback in this league or if he's not. Versus Patrick Mahomes, who's proven himself to be probably right now, currently, 
the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And best I, think, in the league. I think he's been the so, best in the league since like the, the he won his first Super Bowl that season. Yeah. Well, I can agree with that, but I also think Joe Burrow is probably up there as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, Burrow, up there Burrow was drafted a full three years after Mahomes and sat out most of his second year with a or his first year with an injury. First year. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to like compare those two at as it stands right now. Um in terms of their career, uh, but because they've sort of had a, a Brady Manning beginning, whereas like one started a couple of years before the other. So we'll, I think we need more runway before we start comparing those two. But I, I get what you're saying. To me, I, I think it's sort of not to go into a whole quarterback discussion about the league right now, but I think it's sort of like a five a five horse race in the in the league between, um, you know, Mahomes and Burrow. And uh, if you still want to, you know, bring in guys like Rodgers into the mix, I don't. But I mean, he, he you can talk about him in that way. You can talk about um, you can talk about a guy like Justin Herbert, potentially a couple of years down the road. Same thing with, um, you know, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl last year. You might want to talk about him. Dak always gets talked about. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on Kyler, Lamar. I mean, the list go, sort of starts to, you know, thin from there. But th- that now the Brady's guy, and there's a huge hole in, in, you know, the most accomplished quarterback, quote unquote, in the league. And so I certainly think Mahomes can find his way into that conversation for sure. He, I think there's only one quarterback in the league right now that has multiple rings, and it's actually Jimmy Garoppolo, who won two of them as a backup. Um. But anyway, what I meant by that, Kyle, is do you think this game will be more decided because of the quarterbacks? Not necessarily that the storyline will be about the quarterbacks. No, like I said, I think the news media and everyone else can talk about mostly just the quarterbacks and how they play. But I think it's really going to come down to the real thing that's going on is the Eagles' powerful offense and unstoppable defense right now. And do the Chiefs have answers to that? Well, Patrick Mahomes basically has third stringers and four stringers at wide receiver stepping up because Juju Smith, for example, and Tony are both out with injuries and most likely not going to play. So he's got to see what he can do with backup wide receivers. And their defense is also hurting in the secondary. And, I mean, Chris Jones has done great for the Chiefs defensively, but comparing him to the Eagles defense, it's not even like – even talk about because their defense shut down the 49ers offense like it was nothing yet again they went to their backup four I mean, string quarterback had me out there playing quarterback at the end of the game i mean if you yeah, were asking a, if you were asking a kid who's five foot ten to go out there and hand the ball off i could have done that i mean because that's pretty yeah. much what brock purdy was doing the last half hour of that game so i mean seriously I could have done no. that and you could have paid me hundred grand. I would have went and done that. You're paying Brock Purdy probably about the same. Anyway, I, I agree with you. I think this game is more about the Philly defense because the Philly defense was a problem when Brock Purdy was in the game before he got hurt th- with his shoulder or elbow. They were certainly a problem when Josh Johnson was in there. Um, you know, too much about Josh Johnson uh, being an NFC follower. He's practically played for every football team that's ever been fielded in the history of our country. Um, but th- they didn't stand a chance because that that Philly defensive front is a problem. And I think 
Philly practically has two number one corners. All right. So there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of focus on the offenses in this game. Like Philly's got a good running game. The Chiefs running game has gotten better um, as the years progressed. Uh, but the Chiefs throw to their running backs more than they run with them. So it's a little confusing there. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think this game's about the Philly defense because all you have to do is look two years ago to the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. If you think about it, Mahomes actually hasn't played well in the two Super Bowls he's he's been in. Now, somehow he won MVP award in the first one, but the, he didn't play well. It took a Jimmy Garoppolo interception late in the game when they were already up 10 points. Um, to get Kansas City back in that game. And then obviously we know what happened with Tampa Bay's defense. He was running for his life his whole night. Um, so I see something potentially similar happening in the first half. The thing about the Chiefs, though, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, is they're they're a second-half team. They have been every – the Mahomes-era Chiefs have always been a second-half team. Even their games against the Patriots, you know, four or five years ago that were so close – um came down to you know the last possession we saw that obviously the big example everyone looks to is last year in that buffalo playoff game or even in the uh game against the jacksonville jaguars in the divisional round they sort of started stepping on the throat of trevor lawrence and company in the second half they didn't necessarily have a strong first half so do you think if phil let's say philly's up 20 to six early in the third quarter because their defense has just been so stifling. Do you think that the game is secure in any way because of Philly's running game or are the chiefs still the same team that can score in 10 seconds? Like they have in years past, even without Tyreek. Yeah. I mean, I think the chiefs still have a chance to come back in if they're down by that much. I mean, if you look at it, Travis Kelsey is the answer to, everything for the Chiefs besides Patrick Mahomes. Um, but he, Patrick Mahomes has always found a way to come back and keep the game close. I mean, we talked about Philly's defense being the question mark. I think it's more of the Chiefs. Do they have an answer for both the run game for the Eagles? Are they able to stop the run game and see if Hurts is the true quarterback he is? I think that's what the true question is. I, I want to see that. And if Joe and if that defense can change up the game and can Patrick Mahomes get the ball out in time and make plays for his offense, so can his offensive line right. hold in his third right. and fourth wide receivers get open? So I think more of the pressure is on the Chiefs versus the Eagles because the Eagles have everything, have the ball basically in their court. They have all the players. They have the studs offensively and defensively. Right. I don't know. Jalen's truly answer until he proves it yeah. to me, I think. I did read earlier that the Chiefs were playing with nobody on the injury report. That seems weird to me, um, considering, as you pointed out, they've been banged up on the offensive side of the ball, specifically their wide receivers for a few weeks now. Um, but but I tend to think – I tend to agree with you and think that that's how it's going to play out. However – Mahomes still has this sort of like pull the game out of your ass sort of thing about him that he's just always been able to do. Um, in fact, you know, that game 
against the Bengals a couple weeks ago, all it took was him getting pushed out of bounds a millisecond too late, and he's in field goal range. It's like that's the kind of magic that Mahomes brings to a team, right? And so for me, I have a hard time, like, really, really thinking that the Eagles are going to um, – the Eagles are going to mentally have to just say, we're going to run the ball until Kansas City makes us not run the ball. Because that they're going to have to commit to it, I guess is my point. Because if they start to throw the ball late, when they're even when they're ahead, or if they're ahead, then that shortens the game. Uh, that Sorry, that uh, lengthens the game for Mahomes to just pull the game out of his rear end. I mean, the, the number one trap that teams fall into when they play the chiefs is they get in they get ahead and then they're like oh well we got to keep scoring because you know Mahomes is going to score so we got to score and then what they end up doing is they end up going three and out and that this is what happened to Jacksonville they end up going three and out or you know they punt deep in their own territory and then the next thing you know he's got a short field and he scores so Sirianni really has to commit to the game plan if they're if they get ahead of we're going to run the ball we've got multiple running backs that can change that can change um the dynamics of the game and they're going to have to commit to that and not shy away from it that's one thing that tampa did in the last super bowl against the chiefs is they were up a ton in the third quarter they still ran the ball leonard Fournette probably had the best game of his career in that super bowl um so i i think that's what the Eagles are going to have to do offensively because you're right. They have the advantage in the offensive line. They can beat up the chiefs up front on both sides of the ball. The Eagles have the advantage. They just have to cling to that and not try and be something they're not. If they fall into the trap of thinking too much about the quarterback on the other side of the field. I mean, in my opinion, I think that's, you go back to one of the most famous Super Bowl comebacks a few years ago that's what Atlanta fell into they were like oh well Brady's on the other side so we got to keep scoring they're up 25 points you run the ball and don't do anything else in the second half so I don't know if you do you think game planning on Philadelphia's part um will be a strength or do you think Andy Rita has the upper hand in coaching that's a tough one I think Andy Rita has the experience but you never know with new head coaches coming in and everything, how things are going to play out. I mean, I think Andy Reid's probably got some type of answer. The question is, can his team hold up to that expectation throughout the entire game? Yeah. Because like we said, injuries is a huge thing. And like we said, like you said, they could be healthy. They said that they are healthy, but during game time, anyone can get hurt at any point. So like, right. I have bigger confidence in the Eagles having enough depth versus the Chiefs offensively and defensively. Um, but I think Andy Reid, he's had, he's had game plans for everything. He's been to what, how many Super Bowls right now? What, I think he's four, been this – this, this is only his third. Third. He only went to one with the Eagles. He's been to a ton of conference title games because I think they went to four in a row. The Eagles went to four in a row when we were kids. But um, I think he's only been to – two Super Bowls with the Chiefs. It's the one, this one that's coming up and then the one that they uh, were victorious in. So I don't think, 
I, but I, I, that doesn't matter. I'm not doubting Andy Reid as, as an experienced coach. I, I think, I think Philly has something going for them in the coaching, um, in the coaching department in that they, they've always played loose and they've always played confident. Sometimes the chiefs get really tight. Like, like, it hasn't been a problem in this playoff run because they sort of took care of the Jaguars. Um, and then the, the Bengals game sort of, it was the Bengals that mentally imploded. So the chiefs didn't really get an opportunity to get tight, but if you watch Mahomes sometimes he kind of walks around into the huddle with a, I mean, he's a confident kid, but sometimes you can see him sort of like, with a blank stare looking forward, or you can see some of the, the chief sideline, like they know the pressures on them. Um, and so I, I, I think that as long as they stay confident, they'll be okay. But I think the Eagles sort of have that swagger um, coming into this game in more ways than Kansas city does, but all right. Who, who do you think wins and why? And then I'll give my pick and then we'll move on. So who do you got? I want to say Chiefs, but I do feel like deep down the Eagles are going to pull ahead at least by two two or three touchdowns at the end of the day. I think it'll be about – I'm thinking the score will probably be 34 to 17. Wow. Yep. All right, that's a pretty big margin for a Super Bowl. I like it. I like it though. I mean, I would like that in a way because obviously as a Patriots fan, this is hard because, you know, the Eagles took a ring off Brady's finger a few years ago. That was probably, that was probably the last time that a Patriots playoff loss, like really, you know, stung me. Like, you know, the bills lost last year and then the, the loss against Tennessee a few years prior wasn't really that bad because those teams weren't very good, but that 17 Patriots team was good. Um, so that kind of stink, that kind of stung. Um, and look, I, I respect Philly fans. They're like Boston fans. They're hardcore. Um, but yeah, I have a hard time. So, so for me, it's tough. I have a hard time picking the Eagles and here's why. Um, they've had a ton of, they've had a ton. I lost my train of thought earlier. I don't know where I'm going. So I'm restarting. They've had a, <laughs> they've had a ton of success this year. The Eagles have obviously. They've had everything go right for them. Um, if there's a year where this is, quote unquote, their year, it would be this year. Um, they basically dominated a conference that wasn't really that good. But for some reason, I feel like the Chiefs, and this is all intangible. This has nothing to do with X's and O's. I feel like the Chiefs are a team of destiny. I picked them at the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to shy away from them now I am going to dance with the girl I brought to the party and I picked them I picked Eagles and Chiefs at the beginning of our playoffs when we had the show with Cam and I'm going to stick with it because I think the Chiefs all year long and you've heard me say this before they've they've been faced with adversity Mahomes has had an injury you know they lose Tiger Kill and everyone says they're not going to be the same offense they lose to Kansas City in the playoffs last year and they barely get by Buffalo and everyone's ready to count those two teams ahead of them. What do they do? They end up hosting the AFC title game for fifth straight year. They beat Burrow, who was their boogeyman, and they were 0-3 against him. They beat him 
in the AFC championship game. And they just seem like a team that understands the pressure that's on them. And they understand the magnitude of what this game means for their legacy as a franchise and for of their quarterback. And I just think they're a team that's going to rise to the occasion. I do. I think they know, and it weighs heavily on them, what happened against Brady and the Buccaneers a couple of years ago. And they've had a couple of years with the sour taste in their mouth. And when it comes to the war of attrition that is the NFL, they have they have the it factor this year. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I think they're gonna pull the game out late. Um, and so give me geez, give me 28-23 or yeah, give me 28-23 Chiefs. Pains me. It's painful to painful to talk about. But I, I, I think that's well, for me to say that the Eels are going to win as a fellow Jersey person. I mean, you could be a Giants or Eagles fan, but yeah, for me to say, but I just they look much better and they proved it. I mean, against you could say it was a pretty weak NFC this year overall, but yeah, I mean, they from start to finish, they were the best team in the league. Um, and, and to me, I like it when the even though I said this game didn't have the hype, I like it when the two clear two best teams make the Super Bowl. Like when the one seeds make the Super Bowl, it, it means that, or even if a two seed and a one seed make the Super Bowl, okay, that means that, you know, it's it's a valid result, right? It's not fluky in any way. Um, and, and so I, I like that. All right. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Tune in on Fox. Kyle, what is your surprise topic that we need to have a take Ooh. on? I'm, I'm looking my, forward to this new segment. My first topic is after this crazy NBA trades the last from yesterday and throughout the whole week, who do you think is the number one team? Oh, God. Both the East and the West to play each other. All right. So I got I got to pull the ignorance card and I'm going to look up the west before I make my opinion. As far as the east is concerned, and I don't necessarily consider myself a basketball fan and a Celtics fan, although I do enjoy the sport at times and I I do I do pull for the Celtics. So I don't know if you can really call us a homer take, but I think it's the Celtics in the east until it's not at this point. I mean Brooklyn got weaker, clearly, but I don't really think they were ever a factor to begin with, in my opinion. Um, the Heat are, I guess you could say, couldn't challenge them, but I don't think so. The only other team that I would be afraid of if I was a Celtics fan in the East is the Bucks, because of the Giannis factor. Beyond that, I mean, I think it's the Celtics until it's not. Um, I'm not an expert in the guy they picked up, the 6'11 shooter there. Um, I, I forget his name. That's how unfamiliar I am with the topic. Um, but I, I would just say... They, they've proven all year long that they can be streaky but stay consistent at the same time, if that makes sense. You know, they, they, they don't let a, a three-game losing streak derail them. They get right back up and they win six in a row or something like that. So I think until another team proves that they can go toe-to-toe with the Celtics consistently, again, that team is probably Milwaukee. I say I say Boston. That could be an ignorant take, but that's my – that's my uh, East take. How about you give me your East take while I figure out who is leading the West? 
No, I, I totally agree. I do think the Celtics are number one team to make it all the way. They should be repeating chance, but I do think Philly and the Bucks are the other top two teams. Right, I didn't mention the Sixers. That's right. For a money, but talking to a former uh, colleague, I do think that we both agreed that if the Celtics do not, IP do not win this year, I think one of the big three are going to be going to another team because of money-wise. Because there's, I don't think it's possible to keep all three unless someone's willing to take a pick up. But if they yeah, don't win this I mean, I know Marcus Smart signed an extension a few years ago, and obviously we know that the Jays are going to command super max value um, when, if, if and when they're ever free agents. I, I don't know if I'm ready to have that conversation yet just because – I know what they're going to do, and we could get into a whole Celtics topic. I'm going to try not to and answer your first question, but I kind of, I kind of agree in a way. However, I think they're going to get out of it by saying, "Well, we didn't. We had the coaching change at the at the random last minute, so it's hard to really gauge what our season uh, should and could have been." So that's the excuse they're going to pull. It's very like Red Sox esque, uh, but I could see them doing that. Uh, so I don't know if I'm ready to say if they're going to be, um, if they're going to be the, the team that has to rebuild quote unquote, or retool or revamp or whatever, you know, phrase you want to use if they don't win a title. Um, I think if they go to the East finals and lose in seven to the bucks, it's like, okay, well, you know, or if they go to the, uh, NBA title uh, series and lose to, you know, let's say Denver or something in, um, in you know six games. This is or you do you really need to blow up the, the the team? So I don't really know. All right, I'm looking, I'm looking here. The so the two, the two hot teams according to my app, and of course I should have known this with the Suns going and grabbing KD, um, are the Suns. And the Nuggets that everyone's talking about. I I don't know. Memphis, last year they sort of like flirted with, with it, you know, with the whole, uh, you know, pushing the Warriors the way they did. And then Dallas, of course, you say what you want about Kyrie Irving. He can make a team good if he's engaged. Do I think he's going to be engaged? No. So in my opinion, I don't think that's going to help the Mavericks as much as some may believe. Sacramento, I don't know a ton about um, outside of uh, Fox, so I'm not going to pretend to talk about that. Um, and then the Clippers, I don't know a lot about, so I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the Clippers. Suns, Suns are in the sixth. They're eight and a half out of the – they're barely a 500 team, so I'm not sure if they're going to be a factor, um, if, if not for KD. Like, because they have KD now, they – I mean, but the Brooklyn team with KD didn't really do anything in the playoffs either. Now, I think Devin Booker and CP3 certainly bring a lot more to the table at this point um, than those other ones. So for for the sake of not rambling anymore, I'm just going to pick the uh, – I'm going to pick the Grizzlies. I'm going to ride with them. I'm riding with them. I mean, hard to rule out Golden State because of just who they are, but they're way down in the play-in at this point, so – I know. Ask me and ask me in like two months when it's a little bit clear who's going to be where in the conference standings, and maybe we'll have a better answer for you on the West. Um, but who is your West again? 
My West, it definitely should be the Suns. It hundred percent skill wise should be the Suns. I mean, the Jazz and the Grizzlies have always been a fluke to make. Oh, it, I don't think the Jazz to, are going to be anything to make it to the finals or even the conference title for the last few years. Devin Booker's been there. Chris Paul's been there. Kevin Durant have been, all been there. Only Kevin Durant has won the championship on that team, and I think he has the most to help that team right. get through that. Yet again, I think this team, chasing again and, and whatever. I mean, that's yeah, I problem. think that team right now is probably the next team that can go back to back to back finals, East Western Conference last NBA finals with the contracts they have currently signed and with the team they have currently developed. Like, yeah, this well, go for a while in the West. And I mean, Booker's, Booker's special, I think. I mean, he's he, certainly younger than the other two, but. I mean, I don't He's think that really matters. First, that's why the Celtics have a – or Celtics, the Suns have a poor record right now. But yeah. remember, Jay Morant asked for uh, the West Conference being so weak. You know, he was asking for more. Right. Yeah, true. Or the one he wanted. I think John Morant, he has a case of you could say he's the best player in the West. But now that KD's over there, it's in Booker, we know who he yeah. is. Jokic, we know who he is. Like, in you know, Luka. I mean, those, all those guys play in the West. So – Hard to hard to really uh, knock on knock on John Morant too much, considering how good he is. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe my Memphis pick is a little bit aggressive. You you make a good point about the Suns not being fully complete. Um, but again, I don't follow the West as much as I follow the East. So, the, but but. You could make the same argument you make. You could make about the Heat right now. Like the Heat don't have a great record, but when push comes to shove in a playoff series, I think the Heat could challenge just about everybody in the East, and just True. because of who they are and their reputation. You you made this a very similar point with the Suns in the West. So time will tell. All right, my question for you quickly before we wrap up, it comes from our buddy Nick. Nick Mealy wants okay. to know. And this, of course, comes on the precipice of LeBron breaking the scoring record. He wants to know where LeBron ranks, and if this isn't going where you think it's going, where LeBron ranks in terms of athletes in our lifetime who actually lived up to their hype. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Athletes in our lifetime who actually lived up to the hype. I'd say he is probably. Are we talking athletics standpoint? Just no, like I'm saying, like in terms of just the whole the whole picture. So winning, talent, uh, influence on the game, reputation, in terms of how they were hyped when they were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Being hyped as a player, he's definitely number one for our generation. Hype, definitely number one, but I don't consider him a – he's the top five, in my opinion, for our generation. Just oh, in based, terms of the best? Of the best of our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different question. Because, uh, like – He's not number one. Right. For sure. He's definitely not number one. He's definitely top five. I mean, I can understand why if you're a big NBA basketball fan, you could see him as number one. But if you look at – Total success, but what we Americans look as 
championships, titles. That's what American sport is these days. He's not number one. Right. So I don't know a lot about the foreign soccer players and how they were hyped um, as, as youth, but for American sports figures, so Amer or in, and in this case, we'll include Canadians because of the NHL. I think LeBron is in the top five. I don't know where he ranks. So I'm sort of taking a little bit of a cop out here. Cause I'm sort of going to feel this out, you know, do a mental and verbal exercise. The other six that Nick brought up were Bryce Harper, very hyped, 16 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yep. Was a phenom growing up uh, in the in the uh, West and then moved out east, obviously, with joined the Nationals and later the Phillies, was an MVP in the league um, multiple times and made it to, uh, I think, one World Series. So similar to LeBron, although LeBron's won championship, doesn't have a lot of championships, but baseball, it's not necessarily as, as much about that. Sometimes, as we hear from Cam, it's about MVPs and individual awards. <laughs> now, um, now my the other one he brought up was Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods very hyped by the, from the time he was in high school, in middle school. People knew he was a golf prodigy. I, I think that's that's a very fair point to make. Peyton Manning, very hyped coming out of college. Every, it was a consensus number one uh, overall uh, pick. Same thing with Andrew Luck. In my opinion, neither one of those NFL quarterbacks, uh, that's, that's hard to say. Definitely not Luck. He did not live up to the hype because he got injured later in his career, and then he didn't have a long career, only had like a, a you know 10-year career. Um, Manning, you could say Manning lived up to the hype. He won multiple Super Bowls. Um, you know, his brother went on to win multiple Super Bowls as well. Um, but the one that I don't think we're talking about is Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, from the time he was 15, 16, was hyped as the next Wayne Gretzky. And in many ways, he's on his way to being that um, in terms of how good he is compared to the rest of his uh, peers. Same thing, Sidney Crosby. Very hyped, ended up winning, what was it, three Stanley Cups? Correct. So if you factor in all the sports, I went through baseball, football, hockey, and basketball. I think LeBron's I think LeBron's in the top five. I think he's right there with Tiger. I think he's there with um, Manning. I think he's there with McDavid and Crosby. Um, but it's hard to say because I was like six years old when LeBron made his NBA debut. So I don't really understand how hyped he was because I quite frankly, wasn't, you know, cognizant of what was going on. Um, but, you know, into my adolescence, uh, Andrew Luck was drafted and Connor McDavid was drafted. And then, you know, now we have Connor Bedard, who's really hyped. Um, Mike Trout was never really that hyped, but ended up being really good in baseball. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting uh, question. I, it is an interesting question, but also you have to think about LeBron was a, my first opinion was a team hopper. Instead of bringing players to right. him, he, he was sort of the team, team bopper. Other players. Um, but if you look at like Serena Williams, independent athlete, she's won multiple Grand Slams, tennis titles on her own. She's lived up star. Ever since she was little, and she's part of our age timeline. 
right. um, for when she was yeah. uh, Kobe Bryant, another NBA star. He has more titles than LeBron does currently. Yeah. And he came was another big high Kobe was because again I was too young. I think he I was wasn't even born when he made yeah. his debut. Um uh, that's someone. Um, but like I said, I'm talking about like you can have all the records you want in the book, but as we view American sports, what do we mostly care about? Wins and losses. So titles at the end of the day, and yeah, LeBron does have the title. I mean, you could be the best athlete in the world, but if you don't have the title at the end of the day, like Tom Brady does, he's not the he's not the best athlete, but he has the titles. He's the most accomplished, is what people like to say. Yes. And that's how people, at least how we most Americans and right. athletics. And so, yeah. You, so, in terms of that, living up to your hype, it's did you win? Yes. Right. Yeah. That's how I view it. And that's how I've seen it through from what I've researched and everything how American sports are perceived versus other sports in other countries. I like it. Good job. So, that's why I considered number one in my book top five potentially but yeah i think it's hard to say that lebron didn't live up to his hype i mean he was i mean despite what i think about him i think he's sort of an annoying guy to be honest i think he's a very like self-centered guy but it's Mm -hmm. hard i mean it's hard to say that he is not the best best basketball player of our lifetime you know, the only other names, and I, when I say in our lifetime, I say career began and ended in our lifetime. Um, you know, because obviously I was like four years old when, you know, Michael Jordan was still winning championships, but it's like, I, I mean, he was in college when my parents weren't even married. So hard to, hard to say that my, you know, my lifetime included Michael Jordan, but um, I mean, Kobe and Tim Duncan, you know, in basketball were very um, accomplished, but I don't think they were as hyped as as uh, LeBron was. I think LeBron was looked at as being a Jordan-like figure from the time he was, you know, you know, getting a driver's license. I mean, seriously. So I think he's lived with that. And, and to his credit, he's earned everything he's accomplished um, in terms of his individual stats. Um, you can make arguments about bringing in Dwayne or going to Dwayne Wade and bringing in Chris Bosh or going out um, and, you know, playing with Kyrie or Kevin Love or any of the guys he's won with in L.A. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, he, he is the all-time leading scorer as we breathe right now for a reason. So it's hard not to say he's, he's lived up to his hype and has been the one who's lived up the most. Sidney Crosby won three. Stanley Cups, I would put him at second place, I guess, if I was to put Ovechkin could break Gretzky's record if he keeps playing for all-time goals. Right. I mean, Ovechkin has lived up to the hype, too, in hockey. I think from the time he was a kid, everyone was touting him, and, you know, he's he's on his way there. So we'll find out. All right, Kyle, give me your Super Bowl pick one more time before we close out. You had the Eagles winning, and what was the score? Oh gosh, I think I had thirty-four seventeen. Yeah, 34-17. All right, we'll see what happens. I think I think Philadelphia will be rocking by the, the fourth quarter if that's the score. Um, if Philly and Philly wins the game, I'll be uh, 
in despair for the next few days. I don't know. I mean, this is a lose lose for we, me. We won't have the city of Philly if they win. Let's put it that way. Right, right. Yeah, I know. Philly fans. The, okay, yeah. random sidebar before I close this out. One of the worst things, worst things, is when there's this random, bizarre sports fan. You know, like, I maybe you're an example of this because you randomly like the Rams, but, like, what, what is really annoying is when it's like, I like the Red Sox, I like the Patriots, I like the Bruins, but then for basketball, I like the Lakers. Like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? That's just a random example. What? Kobe Bryant. Well, yeah, I mean, that, okay, that, that was a very specific answer to a very, like, random example. But... Well, I'm just saying, if you're talking about timeline, it would be when the set, when all four right, yeah. teams are popular, it's either Paul Pierce versus Kobe Bryant, majority basketball fans would say Kobe Bryant would be better. Yeah. That's true. Be it's favorite. also random when, like, somebody likes the Yankees and then likes the Patriots. It's like, what is going on? Like, or, oh, I'm a Browns fan. Why? Oh, I don't know. Like, dude, like, what are you doing? I'm a Cowboys fan. Where are you from? New Hampshire. Like, what the heck? You know, so that stuff just bugs me. So, like, these random Eagles fans that suddenly, like, live in the Northeast and have no connection to Philadelphia or Jersey or Delaware are super confusing. And having to deal with these people is going to suck if they win. But that said, Kyle... Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll figure out where the dust settles in a couple days. The dust might take longer than a couple days to settle in the city of brotherly love. But until next time, enjoy the rest of your weekend, dude. Thanks for coming on. Well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend with your friends. All you listeners, we'll be back next week to break it all down. You've been listening to Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to check out some of our other programs on the Sportland USA Podcast Network, including Making Fire, a Survivor Podcast, Filling Up with Kyle Diesel, and the Deer Go Daily News. All these programs are produced independently under the Sportland USA Podcast Network, and the views expressed on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.